congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. I think I'm going to change my Facebook profile to in a relationship with Full Circle Bookstore. You can't. Why? Because I'm in a relationship with Full Well, maybe it's a, it's a poly thing. No, you're married. I mean, if you're married <laughs> in a relationship with Full Circle, it's definitely a poly thing. Does Ron know? I suppose. I mean, everything comes back around, so is Swingers back in style? Because we definitely would be traded not Full Circle, not Ron. Let me, let me, let me clarify. Oh, come on. He's hot. <laughs> Listen... I can't go down that road again. <laughs> Wait, what road? That's another story. Oh, my God. Bonnie. That's another podcast. <laughs> Clearly, it's it's one of those days where my seasonal affective disorder has hit full fucking force. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anybody. But then when I'm home, I'm depressed because I'm all by myself. Martha, this is how I feel all year. Well, I'm medicated. Need... I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm medicated too. <laughs> Fucking sucks. I know. Seasonal affective disorder. Now it's just, it's time for my fancy seasonal depression. <laughs> to just come on top of the regular. <gasps> it's dark really early. It's gross outside. It. It's not good times, guys. No, it's not good times. I miss the summer already, and it's only November. I got on Facebook this morning, though, and asked for suggestions for funny books, because that usually helps a little. Mm-hmm. If I can go live inside somebody else's skin for a little while and, like, perk myself up, hmm. it helps. Sometimes, and then sometimes I'm just not even in the mood to read a book. Have you ever? Man, that is bad. Have you ever read A Long Way Down? I did, and it was excellent. Yes. All of his stuff is good. If you have About a Boy is also really great. Long Way Down is about people who are suicidal. Yeah. It's good. The movie was good, too. Did you know they made a movie of it? It was okay. It wasn't as good. If you haven't read, I recommend High Fidelity if you didn't read it. Because it's fun, too. I did read High Fidelity, and and I did love it. mm -hmm. I love Nick Hornby. I'm just very lethargic from all the turkey I ate yesterday because it was I had Thanksgiving with my family. Mm. So so it was an early bird. It was an early bird because um, you know because of people's work schedules and everything else. This was the best weekend to have it, which is good because I love turkey and I love to cook. But then the day after, I'm kind of like don't want to move for the rest of the day because I'm like, all right, I'm done for the month. The turkey's over. Bring on the Christmas carols. Christmas vacation comes out of the movie cupboard. I just cupboard. got Disney Plus, and I was looking around, and there's so many Christmas movies. They have. So excited. <laughs> now, mind you, I already have a lot of them. Um, the Made for ABC Family, now known as Freeform. Mm-hmm. Their original Made for TV Christmas movies, and they're so good. Mm-hmm. So... The best one is The Mistletones, and it stars Tori Spelling, and it's a musical. <laughs> it's also how I knew last season on The Masked Singer that the unicorn was Tori Spelling, and everyone was like, how do you know? It's like, she sings in a movie, people. <laughs> Have you she never watched it? She sings in a it? movie. She stars in it. Go listen. 
I'm super excited to watch all of the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. The Santa Claus is my favorite Freaking Christmas love. movie. Those are so, I mean, that and Elf are. Martha is leaving the room. <laughs> so. Dying over here. Awesome. I do. I love the Santa Claus. It's the best one. I'm getting my hair cut off again. You are? You decided not to grow it long? No, I'm giving up. That's the opposite of the thing you thought you might do the other day. (laughs) Yep. I am giving it up. I am getting a haircut. How short are you cutting it? I'm not really going to cut it that short, but I am going to layer it again. Is it not layered now? No. It's back right now, so I can't tell. (laughs) Yeah, that's because I didn't shower today. I figured the pod, podcast people wouldn't care if I didn't shower. They I can't mean, smell me. I didn't shower. They they can't see how hideous my hair is today. Put my hair. I showered, but I kind of had to because my mom has a medical marijuana card. Oh. And so I was smelling pretty. Pretty fragrant? Pretty spicy by the time I got home last <laughs> night from Thanksgiving dinner. Did it soak into Echo too? Does she smell spicy? Yeah, she's awful sleepy today. I wonder why. Secondhand marijuana smoke. <laughs> I totally forgot about that when we were talking about it. I knew she hadn't had any turkey. Oh, no. She had some turkey. Oh, did she? Tyler was feeding her oh. turkey. And she was eating the potato peels when I was trying to peel the potatoes. Oof. I'm a little sketched out by potatoes after I was peeling potatoes in my kitchen one time. And my cat took one sniff of the potato peel that had fallen on the ground, gagged, and then tried to cover it up. <laughs> like it was poo? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Yeah. The whole depression thing and lack of reading has got to change, man. It's got to change. Something's got to change. I have like two books that I have got to get done in like the next couple of weeks. You okay. don't have to. They're not the boss of you. Well, actually, that You're one. You're the boss of they you. They are the boss of me. That's I mean, going to make a noise. <laughs> what? Alyssa's sitting there moving the microphone with her nose. What the fuck? Do you know what? You know how many people breathe into that, breathe into that That's thing? That's why I only touched it with the tip of my nose. You need to sanitize that nose now. No, I want to do it. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> What'd you say? No, Bonnie's doing it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it kind of feels cool. You know, right? we have been accused of being like 12-year-old boys on this podcast because of all those stupid ridiculous I want to touch the I black have never been accused crap. of that how dare you oh look here come people yeah we're gonna be we're gonna hear all kinds of stuff on the podcast this week because I can't stand to keep the door shut in here because it's too hot you said that and the door moved I swear to god the what? door just moved she said I can't stand to keep the door open and the door said yeah you're full of shit it moved I'm telling you it moved it's not just me that's what she said is this building haunted yes by who? By the ghosts of DJ's past. It well, could be the ghost from my house that hid my fucking stuffing that I could not find. Oh yes, things lost and found. Vani lost all of her stuffing. Yeah. Mix. So yesterday morning, I gathered all my stuff and went to my mom's house, and that I had already gotten from the store, so I was prepared. And um, my double box of stuffing that I bought to go in the bird was gone. And I know I had it because I know I took it out of the bag and put it with the rest of the stuff that I was taking over there. And it was just gone. And I looked for it last night and I couldn't find it. It's just gone. Did you come over and steal my stuffing? I don't have a key to your house. Somebody broke into my house and this time instead of taking my TV and my computer 
they took my stuffing. The thing of least value. <laughs> well, it's not least value when you're making your dinner. Somebody's I, my just tur- My turkey baster ass. was gone and my stuffing was gone. Well, you know what they say about turkey basters. Do you have someone living in your closet? <laughs> Apparently I do. Toby, Toby, could you please give me back my shit? Toby's Sorry about all the noises, paranormal. guys. People slamming doors in this fucking building. You'd think on a Sunday morning there wouldn't be anybody here. Yeah, but you would think that if you're recording something, you'd have the door closed. <laughs> That's completely beside <laughs> the point. How you can't really blame people for going on with their normal lives because Whatever. it's inconvenient for you. Speaking of going on with your normal lives, I also lost something this week. What did you lose? I lost an entire box of checks. <laughs> <laughs> I took one book of checks out because, you know, I hadn't bought checks in like nine years because mm-hmm. I never used checks. Yeah, it's probably about how so long So I paid $40 for a box of checks. I've used one book of checks and now I can't find the box. I hid it from myself. That was your first mistake. Well, you know, we're getting ready to go on vacation. I thought, hmm, so many breaks in the house, they can get my bank account. I'm going to just put these somewhere where no one can find them. Put them in your underwear drawer like everybody else. But that's the first place they look. But then you don't lose your checks. So put them, don't put them in your underwear drawer. Put them in a different drawer put that them in your you actually drawer. would get I into. checked everywhere, you guys. I even cleaned my closet out. That was a job. So and I'm, looked in all of the things inside my closet. I've seen her that's closet. That's where I it's would hide job. something from myself. Okay, so and I can't find them anywhere. The next time you hide something, you need to put a note in your phone to yourself ter- telling you where it is. I mean, I have notes. I I send myself notes all the time. I still have a note to myself on how to get into the mailroom because I never remember. I had to, yeah, I, I have that in the bottom of my phone too because I didn't used to ever check my mail and so I could never remember the code. Like, and the keypad is the same as my work keypad and I kept trying to put in my work <laughs> code and I was like, why won't it open? Could you guys hear that? Yes. Mm. It sounds like college out there. Oh, that's like, because Tyler and I was like, "That's the probably the sports and uh, the sports yeah, guys doing." That's there. why it Tyler sounds like his, college. Ty, Tyler and his fantasy football crew are here. Yeah, I'm okay I, with being semi good <laughs> and not all the way good. I'm good with mediocrity. 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 Well, then it's a good thing you live in Oklahoma. Right. Because we celebrate mediocrity here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? We're excellent. In the our three own of us mind. in this room. Well, the three of us in this room clearly <laughs> are superior like, to the rest of Jessica the Oklahoma residents. Jessica is also excellent. Kayla's also excellent. And yeah. after that. <laughs> now, we do have some excellent book club. Did you know that our Oklahoma City follow, followership has gone way up? Mm. Actually, Oklahoma's not that bad. No, it's not. Oklahoma's pretty. I mean, I did choose to live here, so anything, I so can't complain I. about it. I did not. Uh, but if anything, we have a really low cost of living, and that goes a long way. Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Someday this really will be beachfront property. That's right. true. Yeah. Because Texas is going to flood. Yep. Eventually. Yep. And eventually all of the vanilla plants will go... Now she's going back to the oh destroying the, the earth stuff. Please. Eventually there's going to be no coffee or vanilla. We're all going to be living on twigs because the only thing that's going to grow is dead plants. 
Dead and- plants are not growing, Fonnie. What are you talking about? They're dead. I was just going to say, and they don't this grow. This goes back to the argument that I've been having with my husband all week. We're all going to have to eat dirt. He refuses to buy vanilla because it's too expensive. He thinks imitation vanilla is just fine. People, really? Imitation vanilla is evil. It does not taste the same. It's beaver butt. It's beaver asshole. And sawdust juice. As someone who cooks, this is a really weird stance for him to take. I know. Like of all the takes I thought he'd have, this is a weird one. I know. I totally don't understand how he can think that way. It's odd. It's depressing. So after this podcast, I'm sneaking away and buying my vanilla and I'll hide it in the freaking pantry and use it anyway. So there, Ron. Take that. I mean, you're a grown-up. You can do what you want. That's right. I am a grown-up. Fuck you. I'll use my real vanilla. You just don't get any of my cookies. It's the only thing my husband and I argue about. It's ridiculous. You guys have weird arguments. We do. Laundry detergent <laughs> and vanilla. That's why they're vanilla. still married after 25 years. <laughs> what are they fighting about? Just the two same things. <laughs> if I phone, if uh, me and my husband only fought over vanilla, maybe we would still be married. Just saying. Well, we're up going for 30 years. In and July, vanilla was so. a spice and not uh, another woman's name. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but I'm bumped. And that's the stripper from the bar last night. <laughs> Are you guys ready to talk about books yet? I'm ready. Vani's still eating pie, so I don't know if she's ready. Yeah, it's okay. Hold on. Like, <clears throat> Sayer, do you want me to go first get so you can drink. eat your pie? What? Or do we need Change? to break up the sadness? I don't know who's reading what this week. Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me see how, how sad. sad. I see mine's not very sad. But, but it is sad, isn't it? This is always sad. Everyone else will think it's sad. But I mean, there is death and destruction, so... Death and destruction aren't sad per se. I bet they are in Vani's book. Yeah, probably. <sighs> God, what did I read? I don't even know. Nothing good. Now watch. I'm going to totally... I have to back off on that. <laughs> now, you not reading anything in the week, that it means it definitely is the end of all times and global warming has destroyed the earth. Did I? All right. I'm going to have to go for something weird in order to keep myself from stabbing my own eye out. That's extreme. Oh. To be fair, I'm not reviewing the saddest book that I've read in the last month. Just the second saddest book you've read in the whole month? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I will stick be- to go between you two. Level it out a little bit. All right, Bonnie. Go this ahead. is why we need Alyssa in our life because we need we need the leveling agent that she provides. Alyssa is the creamy filling. Oh, thanks. Between Bonnie's the sadness two, and my weirdness. The two rough cookies? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> We're dry? <laughs> yes, we are. And not pleasing to the palate? <laughs> I, however, am very pleasing to the palate. <laughs> that is what she said. <laughs> that's, that's why you're the creamy metal. Exactly. Okay, Bonnie. Okay. Sock it to us. I read The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna, and I'm actually 
quite surprised at myself that I haven't read this sooner because it was a lot better than what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. It is, of course, a World War II novel. <laughs> no. Set in France. You just tried to say it wasn't sad. <laughs> That's why I said, well, I say it's not sad, but <laughs> there's death and destruction. So maybe it is a little sad. Okay, so this is about two sisters. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so tired. <laughs> and their mom dies when they're a pretty young age. There's um, quite an age gap between the two sisters. So one is like a teenager and um, Vianne is the older one's name and Isabel, which is the younger one's name, is still pretty young when all this happens. Um, their dad had fought in World War One, And of course, like what happens a lot, he came back changed and was an alcoholic and could not deal with the two sisters. So they didn't have the greatest upbringing and um they went away they spent most of their time away like in boarding school and boarding houses and stuff and um vn should have helped her sister out with the loss of her mom more than what she did but being as young as she was she had a hard time dealing it with herself so there's kind of a rift between the sisters because of this time period. Vianne, it feels like it shouldn't have been her job. Isabel thinks that she should have helped her out more with her mom's death and that instead of just her getting shipped off to boarding school where she didn't do well because she was very, very strong-minded. So she butted heads with the teachers a lot and actually got kicked out of a couple of boarding schools because of it. But this is in the future, and they're adults now. Vianne is married. Um, Her husband has gone off to war war, in World War II, and Isabel gets kicked out of her another boarding school, and instead of calling Vianne to tell her about it, she decides she's just going to just go, just walk home. Well, this is about the time that Germany invades France. And so it starts off with her having a really rough go to get back to Vianne's house. But she finally does, and everything's pretty good. And then Isabel decides that she's going to work for the resistance and basically becomes a spy. And her code name is Nightingale. So that's where you get the name from. And what she does is she helps rescue downed uh, American and British pilots who are fighting against the German over France. So she's well into her set role of being a spy. She's an awesome character. Really love Isabel. And Vienne is more compliant and she's trying to, she, you know, she's just under the mindset. If I can just keep a low profile, just, Go along. Be compliant. Go along with what they want. So long as it's not too awful. You know, she's going to make it through this war and everything's going to be back the way it was. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the German sh- soldiers come to, I can't remember what they called it in the book, but basically say, you have to let me live in your house. You don't have to move, but I'm going to live here whether you're here or not. And this this soldier's name is Beck. 
And Beck is actually a decent, I mean, for being a Nazi, he is a decent person. I mean, because he gets food and everything from his, you know, because he's a German officer. But instead of like hoarding it for himself, he shares with the family. So there's always, even though they're not getting a lot to eat, because the rations in France at this time were very, very low. People were starving to death. But the German soldiers ate well. But he always made sure, like, for dinner, he made sure that they had dinner because he wanted to eat, and he didn't want to eat in front of them, basically. So a little bit of a selfish reason, but still they were a little better off than a lot of other people in their town. Well, Vian's best friend is named Rachel. Rachel is Jewish. And Beck kind of sweet talks his way from Vian in getting a list of Oh there we go. Um Jewish people. See, there was more. Um homosexuals, Jewish people. What's your sister? A Jehovah Witnesses. Not your sister, but that's a Jehovah Witness. Uh my sister. Sister. Okay. Jehovah Witnesses and just an, a list of people that the Nazis would consider bad specimens. And um, she she hesitates. She doesn't really want to do it, but she figures they're going to find out anyways. And Beck, really, because he's not a bad guy, he go, she goes ahead and gives him a list. Well, and this is when, you know, it started to get really bad. People started you know, going to the labor camps from France and everything. And, um, of course, Vian doesn't like this. Things happen. Another German comes to live in her house, and he's not so nice of a guy. Mm. And uh, he's a horrible, horrible person. But when this other horrible German soldier is living at her house... Things start to escalate, and they start um, sending kids to the labor camps. Oof. And she, she, this is when Vienne kind of steps in and decides, okay, I've been compliant. I've done what they had. Things keep getting worse. I can't sit here and watch children die. So she starts being part of the resistance to help children from being deported. So... It took this whole horrible war and situation for Isabel and Vianne to actually come back and have something that they both believed in this much. Hmm. And that was kind of, that was kind of nice. Kind of liked that. So this is the more cheerful book you read this month. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Maybe there's a reason why I'm so lethargic all the time. (laughs) You think? Why is Vonnie sad? I don't know. <laughs> what did you read? <laughs> she immerses herself in the lives of people who uh, are completely miserable <laughs> and have died. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, this was a beautiful book. It was well written. The plot lines are well, even though there's only two main characters, it's really complex because both of them have such a part in this book that you don't, there's not really a main, main character because both of them have their own separate, very compelling story happening at the same time. Hmm. And, but then even though they're 
completely separate stories, they're still together because they're sisters. So I don't know. And I just, I really liked it. I mean, I like it when stories take separate parallel roads, but then still have little intermingling between them. I mean, and I can kind of what see did. how, I mean, for example, me and my sisters, mm-hmm. ideologically completely opposite mm-hmm. from all of us. All of us are. I have one sister who's a Jehovah's Witness, one that's a Mormon, and me, uh-huh. the heathen. Uh-huh. So you can imagine if we were thrown into a situation together, how hard it would be for us to deal with anything. Right. Because our ideological well, the, lives are so different. completely different people. Yeah. And that's what Vianne and Isabel, they're completely different people. But yet this one thing, working for the resistance, they kind of come together for different reasons. Isabel wants to make an impact. She's strong minded. She's like. This is not going to happen in my country. I'm going to help it stop from happening. And even though Vienna's like, okay, I can't sit around and let children die, you know, and that was her main reasoning, it still makes her strong like Isabel is already. Hmm. Vienna had a lot of growth in this, I believe. Um, Isabel is a pretty strong character from the get-go, even when she's, you know, a teenager and getting kicked out of boarding schools. You can see what kind of person she's going to be. But yeah, it was it was really great. I really loved it. And I'm surprised I haven't, like I said, haven't read this before now because I've seen it on lists. I've heard people talk about it on Facebook and Probably I just, just haven't Probably just too hard it. to get it at the freaking library. I never even tried to download it to tell you the I truth until the I... last live event and somebody was talking about the Nightingale hmm. and they were like, you really need to read it. And I'm like, yeah, I saw it. I just haven't really looked into it or anything they're like you need to do it and i'm like you know me drunk me i said okay <laughs> it's on my list and that's what it took it took drunk drunk vani drunk vani finally decide to read this book i seriously woke up the next day and looked at my hold list i'm like how the fuck do i have all this stuff on my hold list <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and this was one of them and i loved it that was called the nightingale by Kristen hannah and that's two in a row for you for Kristen, yeah, yeah. because um, because the you did Alaska last, one, the Great Alone last week, and that's one of the reasons why I went ahead and read this one is because I loved that one so much. Because hmm. you know how I love Alaska. Mm-hmm. I think it's that whole, you know, I would never live that way, but I love the fact that people live that much on the land. I'm way have too much a lumberjack, of fisherman fetish. But I don't want to live it. I just want to live it in my fantasies. Yeah, and if you had one, you'd have to live it. Yeah. So, because mm. mm. could you imagine if I, like, got into a relationship with someone like that? And they're like, we're going to live off the land and grow our own food. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nicer than me. I'd have just been like, fuck off. We're, we're done. No. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Good in theory, but <laughs> for practice, not so much for me. Not even in theory. I need a bathroom and a shower. Thank you very much. Running water is a great invention, and I don't want to step on the person's toes who came up with that, so I'm going <laughs> to lose it. <laughs> Air conditioning. It's all about the respect. The yep. respect of... <laughs> I have respect for technology, and that's why I need a shower. 
and a toilet that flushes, which is why I don't like to go camping. I'm okay camping. I don't like camping. Overnight's never okay. been camping. Until camping. the next day, and then as soon as I wake up, I'm like, I'm ready to go home right now. Tent sex is awesome, guys, but after tent sex is horrible because you got to go to the bathroom. You're still outside. So then you're <laughs> out there. It, you know, if you're in a campground, you got to walk clear across the fucking campground to go to the bathroom. You can't just go to sleep afterwards. You got to go to the bathroom. So either your ass is hanging out there completely naked. Mm-mm. No. 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 My ass is going to be hanging out. It's not, not going to be because I have camping to Camping sucks for that reason. No camping. Sorry. I just... Ugh. I don't like to wipe with leaves. Thank you. Well, even well, if you, you can t- bring even your if own you toilet, have toilet paper. paper, what do you do with it afterwards? You got to well, bury like it. Well, you're supposed to bury it and shit. And it's like after I after I go to the bathroom, I'm not thinking about burying my toilet paper. It's torture, I tell you. The only thing I'm thinking of is I'm don't fall on the ground in who between. Who likes to camp? He no. likes to go camping. He likes it. That's your fault. <laughs> no, it's not my fault <laughs> that he likes to camp. You picked him. <laughs> I did pick him. You pursued That's your Mr. Fault. Artificial Vanilla Camper Boy. <laughs> <laughs> With the smelly laundry detergent. <sighs> Cripes. I actually kind of like it when Ron starts buying detergent because then I get a whole lot of free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just a passive aggressive type of person that just makes it disappear. <laughs> she puts it in her car and gives it to me. <laughs> Don't tell Ron oh, I gave sorry, it to honey, we're out. <laughs> We have some of the nonsense left. I dumped like half of it in one load and now it's gone. <laughs> but it doesn't work. I've done it so many times and he just keeps doing it. I shouldn't rag on my poor husband. Real. He's a great guy. I love him. Well, yeah. He just has bad opinions. Like just I said. About two things. It's just those two things. It's a good thing he's Oh, no, not... three and camping. It's a good thing he switched <laughs> parties politically because otherwise we would have had an issue. We made it though. We made it through. Now, made it through just, the wilderness. If I could just get him off the, the Trump you know, wilderness, you made it through. <laughs> if I could just get him off the artificial vanilla, I think it'd be good. Be better. What's I mean, more he's, important, the vanilla or the detergent? He's, he's not at all turned off that the fact that it comes from a beaver's anal no, sweat he's or not. Scent he doesn't care. It, it really, tastes the same to him, and that's all that matters. It's really disturbing that a beaver's anal scent gland is vanilla. I know. I know, and most so if people you're don't in the realize woods somewhere, that that's and what all of a sudden is. you smell vanilla. That means a beaver's anus is near you somewhere. Yep, <laughs> that's weird. You know to what's me. More, even more disturbing? <laughs> what's even more disturbing is the person who came up with the natural vanilla actually had to stick his nose in a beaver's asshole to discover that it smelled like vanilla. How do you think they discovered that? I Maybe don't know, he could but it smell really, it. really disturbs me. Mm. I could have nightmares about that. You kind know what? Of thing. It was probably when they were camping. Probably. <laughs> Fucking campers, man. Oh, disgusting. Well, you know, the wood shavings that goes with it, you know, because that's the other thing they put in. in well, that would make sense artificial. since beavers. Like, beavers and wood shavings together. That's it. Beavers it eat l- wood. Yes. And then their anuses smell like vanilla. Oh, don't eat artificial vanilla, people. We need to stand up against this monstrosity, this, 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 this. 
Come on, help me out here. I can't think of the word. <laughs> I just wanted to see where you were going to go. Well, you know, it's travesty. Been, I've been watching go. cooking cooking shows again, and they use the vanilla pods, and I really kind of want to use vanilla pods. They're so expensive. Oh, my God. Are they? expensive. Oh, oh my God. shit. You can maybe get two for like 30 bucks. Ooh, and you use like a whole one in like... Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Mm, okay. But it's really good, which is why they do that. Well, I mean, I only cook like once a year, so that might be okay. That's the kind of thing that like the Barefoot Contessa recommends. And you're like, yeah, Who's- girl, I'm just going <laughs> to use my bottle of I think vanilla. When I, if I had the, I'm all use the money, my beaver if anus I had a bunch scent, of money, I think what I would do is I would move someplace where I could grow my own coffee. And my own vanilla orchids. And what's the other thing that's endangered? I think maybe she has a lumberjack fantasy, or fantasy too. She lives in the Hamptons. No, she does not. <laughs> who? Wait, the, who are you talking about? Contessa I'm talking about the me. Contessa. No, I was talking about her. Oh, no. Like, she wants need to live fucking... somewhere where she can, like, grow her own food. And are you going to start weaving your own clothes? Fuck No. I just want to live someplace where it's warm. And I know that you can have this vanilla. This is almost as warm as you can get in America. <laughs> well, maybe I don't want to live in America anymore. We have we have listeners in Argentina. It's hot there. How's Argentina, girls? Hook me up. I think they have a lot of mountains there, too. See? I can grow my own shade coffee. Have I can live some... in the mountains where it's not so hot. See? We could all move to Argentina. I'm not moving to Argentina. Please don't include me. Dude, how can we keep having our podcast if we don't stay together? I don't like moving. I like my job. And I have no desire to grow my own coffee or vanilla. I just want to be invited to your house in the zombie apocalypse. You'd never starve if you lived with me. I can make blankets. (laughs) Should we? we? We've totally digressed again. Yes, we have. Let's go back to books, <laughs> Alyssa, sweetheart. Is it my turn? Yes, it is I mean, your turn. We have unless uh, Alyssa read something about zombies. Did you read anything about zombies or vanilla or coffee? No. Damn it. Or beaver ass. <laughs> Definitely no. <laughs> I wouldn't forget that. No, I did not. Uh, so this week I read the highly anticipated book, the Bromance Book Club by Lissa oh, K. Adams. Everybody's talking about that one. Mm-hmm. So this is the book that Kayla pulled out for me at one of our live events. She gave it to me not knowing what it was. And she just happened to pick one of the most anticipated rom-coms of the year. Just by sight. Uh, she's really good at that. <laughs> Her focus is intense. Laser. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. So um, I actually read this months ago and I've just been like, waiting and waiting and waiting for it to come out so that I could actually review it. So this book starts with baseball player Gavin Scott and his wife has just asked him for a divorce. They've had a very big fight um, because come to find out she has been faking her orgasms their entire marriage. Holy shit. That's not good. That's a deal breaker right there. Right. And so this is indicative of like other problems Mm. like communication and other stuff. I don't know. I'm not married. Um, I'm right with you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Why did your husband fake his orgasms? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) 
So he comes out of this and he's kind of gone on a bender. He gets really drunk and like he's in his hotel room and some of his friends who are on his baseball team because he plays on a fictional professional baseball team come and get him. And they're like, dude, what the fuck? Sort yourself out. You're a man in his mid to upper 20s with children. Why are you going on a bender? Um, So they sober him up and they're like, you're going in a couple hours. Some people are going to come see you and we're going to have a meeting. And so this meeting is the Bromance Book Club. And so what this book club of men does is they read romance novels to help them understand how their wives and girlfriends think and to get a better insight into their minds. And so they're like, dude, we've been talking. We have a plan for you. This is the book you're going to read, and it's going to teach you about what's going on in your life. And you can use it as a prototype to figure out how to win your wife back. Because he doesn't want to divorce his wife. He loves her. Personally, I think I would have given him a copy of The Joy of Sex, for Christ's sakes. Right. That has pictures and diagrams. Well, I mean, if the orgasm thing was what really set the whole thing, then yeah. Right. But so the idea is that her not having orgasms is indicative of a problem about communication. Oh, okay. And okay. not being like really close with each other the way that they should. And right, so the right. joy of sex will help with the orgasms, but not give him an insight into his wife's mind in any way. If you have good orgasms, I mean, is communication really that important? Yes, Bonnie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the point is a successful relationship. That's his goal. So they pick out for him a regency, so historical romance, called Courting the Countess. And it mirrors what's kind of happening here in this other book which we get to read like read like little snippets of throughout the story um in this other book this marquee i had to think about it i couldn't remember what matched with a countess for whatever reason it's not counts and countesses it's a marquee and a countess i don't Mm. fucking know why um so he he has lost the trust of the woman that he wants to marry and so he has to figure out how to win her back and so Gavin approaches his wife um, and is like, "I like, can we please work on this? I don't want to divorce you. I love you. Um, and so she gives him until Christmas, basically, just after Christmas, to say, well, if you want to figure this out, you can come back and live with us because they have two children. And, you know, we can try and work this out. And so based on the book, Gavin kind of sets up a series of like activities and dates for them to do to get them closer to each other I don't want to give a lot away because this book is so different and special that I don't want to tell too much it does sound it sounds like a very interesting idea such a good premise it's very different and interesting you also really get to see like the relationship between Gavin and his friends which you don't get to see a lot in romance Um, Like, you don't see a lot of guy friend things happening, mostly because usually romance is told primarily from the point of view of the woman, and that's the dominant voice. A lot of times you'll have dual points of view, so it'll switch back and forth between the man and the woman. Um, But 
and the woman's voice is usually more dominant. But in this one, it's actually Gavin's voice that's more dominant. And so I think you get... Well, you get the guy's perspective you get and a you don't get that a lot. Yeah. This book was really, really good. Like I said, it's... I think it's really special and I hope that... I know she's got... I think she has another one coming out next year um, based on the success of this book alone. Um, so I'm really excited to see what else she does. Cause this was a really, it was a really fun read, but also really heartfelt. And I don't always go for heartfelt. So it mm. was a nice little change for me. Cause I didn't know what I was getting into. I was just like, this looks good. That is good. And you know, you don't really think about guys being that emotional, I guess. Well, it's kind of part of the point of the story. Right. It's like he has to learn to become different if he wants to make his, his marriage, marriage work, work because what he's doing isn't working. He's not being emotionally available the way that he needs to be. He's not listening the way that he needs to be and paying attention. And so, like, the point of this book is really, like, his change and his growth. Yeah. It sounds like it's a good book. It's really good. And also it was really cute. So it was really good. This is a great fall read. It does take place over like, like you get to see a Thanksgiving dinner. It ends right after Christmas, right around Christmas. So like, it's a nice little, like it's, it's not a Christmas book. It's not a Thanksgiving book, but like it's the season. So like it feels cozy and it's, it'd be Hmm. good to read. Like I read it in the, dead of summer but it would be be a good cozy read for like if it's raining outside right now you want to curl up yeah like right now um this was a really good book i highly highly recommend it um i think people who don't like romance will like this book and i think people who do like romance um will really love it as well so that was the bromance book club by lissa k adams also our names are almost the same so i support her and Alyssa. yeah (laughs) So I support her. Awesome. All right. Now for something completely different. Yay! You have to say that in an English accent. Now for something completely different. There we go. (laughs) Pip, pip. You gotta be a member of Monty Python. Okay, so. What did you read? I read something called... Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. It starts out with Lillian and Madison. They're basically roommates at a snooty boarding school. Lillian is, has actually earned her way into this school. She's really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got in on a scholarship. And Madison is rich and privileged and whatnot. She and sounds that's like a she, Madison. Yes. So in the v- beginning of their relationship, what happens is one day after they've been roommates for a while, Madison's dad invites them to dinner, both of them. Mm-hmm. And he sits them down and says, okay, Lillian, what I need you to do, I'm going to pay your mother this. I've Your mother and I have talked and we've decided that you're going to do this. Madison's been caught with drugs and you're going to take the fall for her and you're going to get kicked out of school. Well, of course, Lillian's mom goes along with it because that's who she is. 
She just doesn't give a shit. Her mother's a terrible person. So, as a result, Lillian gets kicked out of school for drugs, even though she, it, it was Madison that what that did fuck? it. Right. So, at, over time, which is this is just really weird because over time they're they're still in communication with each other. Madison writes these letters to Lillian, and they are sort of like extended pen pen pals for years. And one day, Lillian gets a letter from Madison pleading for her help. And she says, I I need you to come to the house. I have a job for you. No, bitch. Well, they've, for some reason, they never really talked about that. It's weird. It's very strange, this relationship that they have. So Lillian, because she has a horrible life, decides... What the hell? I'll go see what she has to offer because she knows that Madison is super fucking rich. So -hmm. she shows up there and Madison then explains what her problem is. Her husband is the governor, but they're grooming him to be secretary of state. Well, his ex-wife has died and his twins need somebody to take care of them. The problem is his twins have a very unusual medical condition. They catch on fire. (laughs) This is not where I thought we were going. Exactly. Just want everyone to know that I backed it up and put my mouth near the microphone. (laughs) I mean, it sounded really, really normal up to that point. (laughs) Exactly. Do they they die? Are they flame retardant? They, They catch on fire. It burns their clothes, but they are unharmed. It doesn't burn their hair. It's almost like... What the fuck, Martha? I know, I know, I know, I know. So it's like the Mother of Dragons from... Sort of, Game yes. of Thrones? Yes. Hmm. This is weird. So, I know it's weird. Even for you, this is weird. It is weird. <laughs> and this explains why I loved this book. So the children catch fire. So the children catch fire, which basically means that they can't be anywhere near their father because he's so important. So Lillian shows up here. She doesn't have any kids. She's really super sarcastic. She's like me. I love her character. Her character is hilarious. But she falls in love with these two kids. They're outcasts. And the whole relationship between her and the kids is just, it's just so cool. And the twins learn right away to trust her. And they try all these different weird things. You know, they, they put, they put stuntman gel on them to keep them from catching on fire in public. And they, they, they fit them out with clothing that's made out of fire retardant material and all of this stuff to help them be normal around the governor. Mm-hmm. Well, all kinds of unusual things happen. Imagine that. You mean aside from the children, just spontaneously yes. combusting. That's the normal part of the book. <laughs> and I listened to this on audio, too, which Lillian's voice is hilarious. So they catch on fire. So what? She just really, it's hilarious. Lillian, I hard disagree with you. That's weird. It is weird, but it's just so compelling. It's it's almost like 
them catching on fire becomes like um, if you're to let go of that part of it, it's almost like having a disabled child would be, you know, don't be seen in public because you'll embarrass him type type stuff. And it's really the way it ended was absolutely fucking awesome. It ended in a way that I just didn't see coming at all. And you are saying that being embarrassed by a disabled child is extremely wrong. Yes, it is, which is why... Just to clarify... It is. It's terribly wrong. But what I'm saying is that the governor, the way he takes a stance against owning his children and embracing them for their differences... The governor does? He doesn't. Mm-mm. He has other children. He has another child. They have another child. Madison has a child with with the governor. And they're all part of this pretty little nuclear family. And then the twins, which are from his other marriage, are, you know, he basically keeps them at arm's length because of this disability. So to me, it was almost like a parallel Mm -hmm. for what it would be like. Or for the way he might have treated his children if they had a different kind of disability. Because that was such an extreme example of what... That's what I'm trying to say here, is that I liked the way this book approached a very thorny problem. And I like what happened in order to blow it all up. Does the governor catch on fire while one of his children hugs him? Please tell me. I can't tell you that. Damn it. <laughs> but it is such a great book. I would it like has, him to catch fire. It has heart yeah. in a yeah, way that you never would have imagined. There's and, special hate in my heart for that man. Yes. Yes. And Lillian, being the kind of person she is and the way that you see her in the beginning of the book, it's so completely unlikely that she would have the kinds of feelings that she has towards these children. It really is a remarkable book. And the way it was written, obviously very tongue-in-cheek, brings forth a problem and an attitude that you can really see from the perspective of this woman who's come into the life of, of these children. It just really brings forth a lot of interesting points. But at the same time, you're laughing your ass off. Mm. Okay, so I was laughing my ass off. Most people would not laugh if they caught on fire. Well, probably not. No, probably not. But Lillian is hilarious. I mean, so what? They catch on fire. So what? But I mean, you have to laugh. I mean, you have to. When terrible things happen to you, you have to have a sense of humor. How are you going to get through it otherwise? Yeah. And, you know, even though they catch on fire, they're normal little they people. They are. And they're they not... have a heart and they need to be loved and cared for. And you need to, you know, laugh with them, have fun, joke, make them feel normal. Exactly. Because, you know, when um, when my sister was, when me and my sister were teenagers, my sister was in um, Shriners Hospital for like four months after she had her back surgery. And um, I used to go up there all the time. And I went one time and I stayed like an entire week mm-hmm. with her and, you know, me and her and some other people from, you know, around who had, you know, rooms around her and everything. We would go to the playroom and we would like play pool and watch TV and just 
do normal teenage stuff. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just didn't seem like anything because, well, yeah, they have disabilities and yeah, they've gone through surgeries and they have, you know, like different contraptions on them and stuff, but they're normal people. But the nurses like told me, you just don't even under- understand how good it is for them just to have normal fun. And it never, I wouldn't even think. Well, that's because you grew up with your sister and the things that were happening to her, you were able to normalize that whole situation. Well, it was normal. Right. Because it, it was normal for stuff. you. And these children but then you forget, catch on fire. Yeah, that people treat them different because they are different. Mm-hmm. Which they shouldn't. And it sounds like Lillian treated them like people. She did from the very beginning. And her past with Madison had a lot to do with the reason why she got into the situation. And the reason it changed her a lot. It changed her entire life. You know, when she came into contact with these kids. What she did didn't surprise me because of her character. You know, Mm -hmm. because you learn a lot about her. But her commitment to the ongoing situation is what makes part of this book super unusual. Because she's not a part of it. She could walk walk away at any point, wash her hands of the situation, and go back to her shitty dead-end job. Yeah. It, It was just really a great... It was probably one of the most unusual books I've read. And for me, that says a lot. I would have given it four and a half stars if they would have offered her four and three quarters. Once again, Goodreads is totally disappointing me in that. They need to offer quarter stars, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> because it really was a good book. It didn't quite make the five star rating for me. Probably because it was a little touchy feely for you. Yeah. There was emotions. It, it definitely did feel. have it definitely did have some emotional pull. I read it super fast, though, so it wasn't a lingering. But I did think about it afterwards because it was mm. when you're in it and you're reading it, you're not thinking about all of these disability issues. It was after I finished reading it that I started to really think about it and think about all of these things that made these children unusual and how that it was going to affect everything from then on. It's just cool. I really I liked like, it. Yeah, I feel like that would be a hard book for me to read because it would just make me angry yes and i would throw the book because i was angry at the characters and not want to read it because i'm like trigger warning for people who've dealt with or have family members who are disabled because at the end of the day those two little kids those twins were disabled or dealt with the prejudice yeah that happens around it i mean who wants to be put into an institution because nobody knows what to do with you yeah that's wrong that's horrible i'm getting mad right now thinking about it it was a great book though and the way it turned out was fucking awesome (laughs) that's Ah, cool loved it okay so that was called nothing to see here by kevin wilson that governor's (sighs) gonna think nothing to see here i punch throat him (laughs) or throat punch him I'm going to punch you right in the cooter. Uh, I'm too hot. See, I told you it's There's hot in no here. There's no medium. I'm cold. The door is oh, wide is open hot. to a freezing hallway, and it is a fucking oven in here. It's There's Stupid a weird temperature thing freaking. happening in this room today. I'm going to write <laughs> uh, a strongly worded letter to the, the room building is going people. Through, the, the room is like going through menopause. <laughs> I can be pretty persuasive. The room is menopausal. The room is menopausal. Hey. 
Now you have to admit that Don't there is a temperature mal- problem. Don't unfairly malign women who are going through menopause. We're unfairly maligning the room. <laughs> Not you. The room. It's all right. Quick Can we go eat me. now? Yeah. I'm really not hungry. Do a little that shopping, pie. maybe. I had a turkey sandwich for breakfast this morning because that's what you do the day after Thanksgiving. Alyssa's hungry. I'm hungry. Um, we could I'm go. hungry. We could go. I could just drink Can coffee. Can we go it's to fine. Black Bear? Okay. Okay. We're going to Black Cause Bear. Because then if I don't want breakfast, then you can I have can lunch. have something else. Because Jimmy's have... egg is great, but like their good thing is breakfast, and that's the only good thing they do. Like, I don't think their I've lunch had is not their lunch is not great. Don't eat it. Okay, <laughs> it's not great. But they do have an amazing breakfast. But like that's what they're there for. Yeah, it's a breakfast place. Kinda I mean, like, it is. Called I eggs. personally have never eaten like I think I've eaten stuff that wasn't breakfast food at Denny's like one time, and that's because Denny's purpose in life is breakfast and to go when you're really really drunk. After Denny's the bar's is closed. here for 4 a.m. It's for your... I would eat normal Den. I would eat non-Denny's breakfast food if it was 4 a.m. probably. But you know what? When you're drunk, Actually, everything I'd tastes good. Actually, I'd probably just shovel pancakes into my face. <laughs> Soak up the alcohol. Sure, that's why. <laughs> and not just because I want to eat pancakes at 4 a.m. It was probably French toast because French toast is my favorite thing. Love like some of, French of toast. Like of all the breakfast foods, French toast in my humble opinion, is the best okay, breakfast Okay, you're killing me food. here. Let's go eat some breakfast already. Okay. And that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.